Episode two of another sports podcast back from an unintentional hiatus. Uh, I am still Alex Wong here with Matt Dressens. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are things in Ithaca? Um, cold. Supposed to snow last night, but there's nothing yet. So, yeah, we were supposed to have the uh, reenactment of the blizzard of '78 here, and I think we yeah. got about a third of an inch. Yeah. But I had no class, so I'm not complaining. Oh, you bastard! All right, so <laughs> obviously, episode one came out what like. Coming up close to like a month ago. Was it really that long? It was It was right after the AFC Divisional game. Uh, games were played, so. Oh, yes. About, almost a month, yeah. Uh, give or take like a week or two, but. So, obviously, there's been, and that like, you know, a, a bit of a, a hiatus, like I said. We both predicted the Patriots would be in the Super Bowl, uh, and then we'd take it from there. We were both very confident in, in this prediction, and it did not work out. So we were both very sad about that. Um, hence, no podcast after that. And Too then depressed to uh, get online. And then we were going to, we were planning on doing a, a Patriot postmortem and sort of looking back at the season and looking ahead before the Super Bowl. And schedules just didn't really work out. We were both pretty busy, so none of that. It would be too depressing anyway. So, true. Um, and then actually, I know episode one I teased that I was going to try and get uh, an interview with the Panthers fan to preview the Super Bowl if the Patriots were going to be in it. And I still tried to get that, even though the Patriots were not in it and the Panthers were. Um, it didn't end up working out, so I guess I can say that it was uh, Caleb Presley who goes by the name of Daddy Dixie on Barstool Sports, a uh, big Panthers fan. I was DMing him like the past a week and a half leading up to the Super Bowl, and basically we we kept setting a time and date, and then he had to go do something. Um, he was pretty busy out in San Francisco with Barstool, so didn't end up working out with him. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that he, he answered me anyway, but yeah, so a bunch of potential episodes that ended up down the drain, but... We do have Super Bowl talk uh, since the game did happen, even though the Patriots weren't in it. The Bronco, I don't even like know the score because I just I didn't care at what all. Was it? I, I think it was it was like twenty four to ten. Yeah, like yeah, Broncos won. Um, that was a <laughs> Thursday night football game. It, uh, I I think I texted you, Matt, that like it, it went from Thursday night football to like Tuesday night maction. Like yes, like one double exactly. A kind of game, like that was a horribly played game. So we'll Northeastern and the University of New Hampshire, yeah, in, uh, McGuirk yeah. Stadium in Amherst. Exactly. So, um, I just, do you have any initial thoughts on that game? Um, I mean, I was really disappointed. Uh, I, I Denver's defense definitely. I mean, they killed the Patriots and they killed the Panthers. So, I mean, 
the best defense won that game. But other than that, it was kind of a letdown. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was expecting a lot more out of Carolina and what they yeah. showed in the first two rounds. At least they, they steamrolled through the first two rounds and then, uh, what, 10 points in the Super Bowl? It's kind yeah. of... And, I mean, it's not like they, they faced, like, pushover defenses either. I mean... No, they beat Seattle. Seattle is obviously Seattle. Um, they're not as good as they were probably when they won the Super Bowl, but still, they're, they're a prestigious defense. And the Cardinals aren't aren't exactly slashes either on defense, um, even after losing Tyran Matthew. But, um, yeah, like like you said, I was expecting a lot more out of Carolina. Um, I was rooting for Carolina because I didn't want to see Peyton win. I was wearing my Cam Newton dab T-shirt that Matt hates. Um, I don't know. I was really rooting more for. Uh, I think I tweeted this bad officiating and uh, injuries. Yeah. I really hated both of these teams. And then I don't know. You got to give it to Denver though. Their defense stepped up. They they were the better team in that game. Yeah. I mean, going into the game, I thought we were going to see Seattle Denver from a couple years ago, where Seattle just blew the doors off the building right away and. We saw it with Carolina the first couple games where, the first two games of the postseason, rather, that they they just they would run up the scoring teams. But I, I honestly thought that they would do that to Denver, um, and they just couldn't. They just couldn't get anything going. And, like, some of their play calling, too, like, it wasn't a great game all around for Carolina, but some of their play calling, like, it really baffled me. Yeah, the running on first down when you're like, down in, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like... You've tried the inside handoff running right up the middle how many times in the first half, and they kept doing it. They just kept going back to something that wasn't working. It was baffling. Yeah, I mean, Newton never really got going. He hit a couple receivers downfield and started the drive, but I felt like they were stuck in mud the whole yeah. game, and the defense never got their score. And I think that was really key for Carolina going into that game is they always had a defensive touchdown. Yeah. And they, they, I think, they ran a stat that was like, um, prior to going down three nothing, they hadn't been trailing at all in the playoffs in the right. first two games. So, um, yeah, they had a chance. Whatever, when uh, Gano missed the field goal, yeah, that was that would have cut it to to something. It would have been much more manageable. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That they was just really a bad omen. That was like an awful omen yeah. for them. That was a great chance to turn around the game, too. They uh, strip-sacked Manning, and they got the ball at the 50, and they could only manage to get about 20 yards and then miss the field goal. If they went down and get a touchdown there, I think it's a completely different game. Absolutely. Uh, just, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that game coming at all. I thought it would be a lot more, uh, I guess, offensive. Uh, even though you had two great defenses, I thought that, at least from Carolina's point, point of view it would just be a lot more explosive i i mean i didn't like i said this during the game like i i guess that especially us in like the northeast were a little bit blinded to the panthers uh, at least the season because i mean we only got to see them in the playoffs or if they played like a monday night or sunday night game so i mean i, I didn't see them play uh any of the games early in the season so i don't know if this is something that they struggled with uh, or or what, but... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they had some stat that they had won a handful of games by seven or less points or something like that, mm -hmm. and I also saw that they were the worst 
14 and 0 team ever, 13 and 0 team, yeah. like statistically ranked. Um, I mean, nothing that to say that 14 and 0 or 15 yeah. and 1 is bad. Like you're a good team if you win 15 football games in the NFL, but I don't think they were ever really as good as anyone thought they were. And then they were way overhyped coming into this game when they just plowed over the first two teams. And it once again shows that the AFC, granted, might not be the strongest conference, but their top end is better than yeah. the top end of the NFC. Yeah, exactly. The The top third or whatever of the AFC is every year ends up being, somehow they, they find some sort of black magic, whoever it's, it the, is. The teams that get the bye are very yeah. good yeah. in the AFC. Yeah. And you can see it, Baltimore, the Patriots, and Denver, they've been in the last, whatever, five or so Super Bowls. Yeah. And they've either... No, besides the exception of Denver and whatever, 14 against Seattle, it was a close game. Um, either the AFC won or they just missed it. And I don't know. Um, I know, like I said, top to bottom, I think the NFC is a little stronger, but the AFC might have the best team. They almost The NFC almost feasts on itself. They almost like cannibalize each other. And they, they end up you know either like anchoring each other or just tiring each other out. And then... AFC, since it's not as competitive, I don't know if that has a factor and into being rested or whatever, but I don't know. It just sort of seems that way, but Denver, I guess, not congrats, but whatever. Um, I mean, they they were, it was like 50 yards or whatever. They, they were like the worst Super Bowl winning offense like in the game by like 50 yards or whatever. They only had like 194 total yards on offense. Yeah, I want to look it up. What did the Patriots have in 2001? I mean, they benefited a lot of turn. I think they had five turnovers against the Rams. Yeah. And the Rams lost that game. The Patriots didn't win it. Um, but. But, I mean, like Peyton Manning wasn't. He made like two or three throws that I remember. But, I mean, he, he was nothing special. Um, oh no! Well, I I think he was what thirteen for twenty five or something. He didn't was, really even attempt anything. No, and like it was like everybody was saying all over Twitter and whatever. Like it's the classic case of offense wins games, defense wins championships. Yeah, that, exactly. He, he just rode the coattails. Um, just it it makes me physically sick. It made me physically sick that Peyton Manning now has half the Super Bowl Tom Brady has. That's just, yeah. uh I just looked this up. Um, in 2001, when the Patriots won the Super Bowl, the Rams outgained the Patriots 427 to 267 Oof. in total yards. But the Patriots had at one point a 17-3 lead. Um, and that all came off of turnovers and timely turnovers, too. Yeah. And a tie law interception, and then right before the half, Terrell Buckley makes maybe the greatest play ever to jar the ball from Ricky Prohl at the 50. And they march down and get the only offensive touchdown in the game. And he hits David Patton in the back of the end zone. But that's how these Super Bowls go. I mean, you, you cough the ball up enough times and you stop them enough times, you're going to have more points. I know that sounds stupid, but yeah. it's how these games go. Um, they're not the regular season where you can just run all over someone and, and, yep. and it, weird shit happens in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean... Like, going back to Peyton, like, um, you, you definitely, I think that that was his last game. I do, too. I mean, the way he looked, but, like, I, and, like, people were saying, too, like, with his with his post game, 
um, talking about like Budweiser and stuff, which was the corniest thing of all time, by the way. Is he sponsored by Budweiser? No, I think Do we know that. I think I saw something that was like he owns two distributors in oh, in Louisiana, so yep. he might have been pushing that because like I forget who the reporter was, but someone was reporting on Twitter after that happened that players in the league can't be contracted to like or like they can't be sponsored by alcohol brands. So mm. him shouting out Budweiser was saying like I'm retired now. Is that that's not the first time he said it though. I mean I don't think so. I heard um they had a clip on Zolak and Bertrand the other day. Like this is back before the Patriots game that he was like I'm going to go drink a, a Bud Light right now or something like that. So I I don't think it's the first time. Uh, and then kissing Papa John, first person he kissed was Papa John. Yeah, that was a little weird. God, he's I hope that opened up everyone else's eyes to like I don't really hate Peyton as a player. I never really did. It was more like the media hype surrounding him. But now, like, he's just such, like, a square. He he really is. He's, like, he's... I don't want to compare it to Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson's more of just, like, nerdy and, like, corny and stuff. But Peyton Manning's just an absolute, like, square squid uh, with all that. And then you had Eli with... Did you see that? Yeah, Eli what, what was that? Uh, that, that that's was like me rooting like against Medfield to win hockey games yeah. when I'm not there anymore. It's like you're a loser. It's like for anyone that didn't see it, go look up Eli Manning face or like Eli Manning Super Bowl face, and it was like his explanation was like, "Yeah, I was doing math." <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing math for? I, I think he was trying to figure out like like points and time or whatever. But the cam- when the camera panned to him, he was just deadpan, and someone actually I'll edit this in. Uh, someone put the was it cur- he it was the curb your enthusiasm theme song over it and it, it fits so perfectly. It was it was peak Eli Manning face. Um. <laughs> I don't know anything else from uh from the Super Bowl. No, unless you want to get into Cam Newton's presser. Yeah, we could do that. So Cam Newton obviously didn't have a great game. Um, there's speculation now that maybe he was really hurt in his left shoulder because he kept, he took a big hit earlier in the game and throughout the game he'd be like rubbing that shoulder and trying to like get it loose, but. Yeah, they were showing him right after he got drilled. I think it was in the second quarter that he he reached over and just yeah he looked at me in a lot of pain. But um, I don't know. Some people aren't happy with uh, the antics he pulled in game. I know there was one play he was on the sidelines, and Carolina either must have given up a penalty or a touchdown, and he sort of like just flopped on the ground. And I think that was the last touchdown Denver scored. Yeah, to really then, put it away. And then um, there was like a no call on roughing the quarterback that didn't go his way, and he was pretty upset about that. Um, I don't really have a problem with him doing that because I think that shows he he's like into it and like wants to win. But then if you go to the presser um, where he gave one word answers then walked off, um, I could I can see both sides. What did you think about it? I mean, I'd always rather see someone give some sort of emotion. I feel like we always see 
the, the guy at the end, he gets the trophy and he holds it up and he's like, all right, whatever. I don't really care. Um, you see that with LeBron and stuff. He even saw it with Peyton. He gets the trophy and he's just like, whoa, I won the Super Bowl. At least Newton shows that like he cares. Um, and I think that's kind of where everyone hates him too is because he's way over the top. And then for the presser, I don't know. I get it. He just lost the Super Bowl. I mean, um, it, it sucks. I think I sent you something. This will lead into the bean pot if we want to. About Matt O'Connor, who used to play at BU, who let up that awful goal in the national championship game. And obviously, he had the answer to that. And he stuck around in the locker room for a good half hour after the game, just answering questions. Um, I mean, there's different ways to, to talk about what happened in, in a shitty moment. Uh, I mean, we've all been there. We've lost games and stuff. You don't really want to talk about it. I can see either way. Um, I just think it shows. A little bit of character, if you can talk about yourself and, and really stand up for yourself when you're in a shitty moment. Um, I mean, other than that, I don't know. I, I can definitely see why Newton didn't want to talk about it, um, but I yeah. think he should have to follow up on it. Yeah, it's it's like I was saying. It's like I could see the two sides because, like, from the media perspective, like it's your job. Like you've got deadlines to hit, and you want to hear from the guy who's the NFL MVP, is the face of the Carolina Panthers, one of the faces of the league. And he's giving you absolutely nothing, and and you either you want that or your editors are pushing you to get something from him, and to not get anything from him is I can see why that would be pretty disappointing, um, and seen as unprofessional. Um, on the flip side, like yeah, like he I I completely get and he's warrant he's you know with well within his rights to be upset and sad and and disappointed in the outcome of the game, um, and. You know, I, that's obviously a reason why he was acting the way he was post-game. But, uh, like, to walk off after however many minutes and give, you know, non-answers and all that, um, you know, it is it is what it is. I think that it was – he could have ha- definitely handled it better. Um, but it's in the past. It's th- – there's a reason why it happened, I think. Um yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really see a difference between what Newton did and what Belichick has done in see, the past. That, that's so. On the other side of it, I guess, um, if you're gonna, if you're Cam Newton and you're gonna, you know, be all, you know, like he was throughout the season, be the energetic guy who wants to answer questions and and do all that stuff, which I, I loved. I loved that he was having fun with the game because that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have fun, but when you're on the losing end. You can't do what you can't do what you did all season and then flip the switch, right? Because with Belichick and guys like Greg Popovich in the NBA, and, and even Marshawn Lynch, yeah, they're all yeah, they're Marshawn all Lynch, uh, they're they're all like that win or consistent. lose. They're they're all they all act like that win or lose. Cam Newton, he you can't flip the switch like that. You gotta. I'm not saying he has to be smiling and be happy after he loses the Super Bowl, but you gotta stand there and take your lumps because if you were on the other side, you would be you know you you'd be giving answers all day. And people were comparing him to Russell Wilson, too, because last year, Russell Wilson, the way that they lost the Super Bowl with the interception, that's far more devastating than how the Panthers lost, in my opinion. And Russell Definitely. Wilson stayed in there and, and took questions and gave answers for much longer. I mean, it's just one guy to another. Um, I, yeah. I don't think it really means that much in the grand scheme of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, but, I really wasn't expecting much. Yeah, like... I, I get again like like we like we said I get like we get why it happened but 
he he should stay in there and take his lumps. And like it it might just be like the weird black holes of Twitter I get into, but people being like, Oh, so now he can't even be sad, uh like like why are these reporters asking rude questions? Like, shut up. Like he he's yeah, he's twenty six. That shouldn't be his age shouldn't be an excuse for how he acts. Um and it's the reporter's jobs to ask those questions. Like, yeah, he's sad. That's fine. But he's got to stay in there and be a professional. If you're the face of the league, be the face of the league in in a win or a loss. That That's all we're asking. Yeah. All, all right. right. You want to segue into why the uh, sports world hates me yeah, right so now? Yeah, so Matt is he, – he has a checkered past with sports in general. Especially it seems the TD Garden really doesn't like you. Yes, the Boston Garden hates me. All right, so the bean pot happened. We're recording this on a Tuesday. I'm hoping to get this out Tuesday night, but bean pot was last night. Matt, do you want to take? You were there, right? You were in. I I was. Yeah. Um, one of maybe the most exciting one goal hockey games ever played. I've seen at least, and I've been to a bunch of games. Uh, BU and BC. Playing 64th annual bean pot in the garden in the middle of a blizzard and still got 15,000 people there. Um, first period, BC is absolutely dominating, and all of a sudden the lights go out. Um, nearly a half hour of just darkness in the garden, and it was weird because like the ribbon board and the scoreboard were still on, but the stadium lights were out, so they couldn't play or whatever. Pick it up in the second. Both teams are still 0-0, and BU's goalie, Sean McGuire, is absolutely standing on his head, stopping everything from breakaways to deflected shots to anything. And then finally, we get to the third. Uh, BC has a power play. Again, they don't score. And then we got some really crazy shit happening. It was a breakaway at one end. Uh, McGuire made the save, and BU's captain, Matt Grizzly, takes it, flips it off the boards, and springs his own guy, Jordan Greenway, in on a breakaway. He gets stopped, tripped, and then just steamrolls BC's goalie, Thatcher Demko, who also still has a shutout to this point. Um, and that leads to basically a fight in a college hockey game, which can't really happen. A bunch of penalties come out of that. And the teams go scoreless to overtime. And then less than two minutes in, BC's Alex Tuck scores. Uh, he beats McGuire to the near side off the post and in on a perfect shot which was the only way someone was going to score in this game other than a really fluky goal. And, yeah, and that's when I got really depressed and sat down and watched PC <laughs> celebrate the championship, which I've seen do a lot in that building. Uh, it's what, their sixth and seven years or something like that, or five and six? It is their fifth and six, yeah. BU won last year and snapped BC's streak of five in a row. And BU owns the streak for six, I think it's the longest. Um, I, 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 I didn't watch the game because I'm not like a college hockey guy. I probably should have because it, it was two Boston teams in a Boston venue. But um, I saw a video of the goal, and it was – you're not kidding when you said it was like a perfect shot. Like, no. first of all, it was it was from like around the blue line, right? It Tuck got it from a drop pass. I don't remember who gave it to him, and he skated to the middle. And then kind of like whipped it through a screen. It like went through the legs of a BU defenseman and then went off the post and in. And I don't know if McGuire ever read it and saw it and it went in, but it was an absolutely perfect shot. Like, h- how far out was it though? Because it, 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 I, I know it wasn't close. 
I believe it was about the top of the circle. Okay, but then on the slow-mo replay, he basically shot it no look. Because he, was, he wasn't looking at McGuire. Like, he, he started to look at him as he, as he was shooting, but the entire way there, he was like, he, it was like he was a quarterback looking off a of defense. He was looking like straight ahead, and it was like a, pretty much a no-look shot. It was yeah, unbelievable. I, I think he was looking at the guy like to set up a pass. And, I mean, that's just a common hockey play where you, you don't stare down the goalie and you shoot it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a play from a hell of a player. The kid just nearly missed making Team USA for the World Juniors and arguably should have been on the team. Um, he was on it last year. And he's definitely skilled enough to be on the U.S. team, but for whatever reason didn't make it. And it obviously shows that the kid can play hockey last night. So BC wins their 20th beanpot. Um, still 10 behind BU in the all-time standings. And BU and BC have won all the beanpots dating back to 1993 when Harvard won. Sorry, Northeastern, still waiting for uh, 1988. Oh, that's brutal. It's a long drought for a four-tournament team. It is. <laughs> And that's like that's the thing about the beanpot because they call it a tournament, but I mean, like I guess it is a tournament, but it seems like it goes by so fast because it's just two games. Yeah, it is, but it is unlike any of the other tournaments in college hockey that are just a weekend or anything. This is spread out over two weeks, and it's every Monday or the first two Mondays in February uh, every year. Yeah. So where does this leave like? Like, where are BU and BC right now in the standings in Hockey East? In Hockey East, uh, I believe BC is second and BU is fifth. Um, the goal for BU right now would be to get into the top four because they get a bye in the uh, first round of the playoffs. Out of the 12 teams, the bottom eight playoff in the so-called octo-finals. And then the winners of that first round go to the higher seed, um, the top four host a best two out of three series, and then the winners of those series go to the Garden for a Final Four, which is single elimination. Um, but the overall thing, this thing called the pairwise ranking, um, which determines the NCAA field, BC is, I believe, four, and BU is eight, and you got to be basically in the top 14 right now because there's two leagues that don't have a representative in the top 16 and they automatically get in because every league winner gets it as an auto berth just much like the uh, NCAA basketball tournament so both teams looking pretty good right now um, I know BU has a tough weekend coming up against Lowell who's in second or third in Hockey East right now and I think BC has a little bit of a softer schedule to finish up but both teams should be in the final or uh in the NCAA tournament come Selection Sunday, which is, I think, a month or so out at this point. Nice. All right. So, well, thoughts and prayers to you for another hurrah. Yeah, I'm for, hanging in there. The, the, the garden has become, like, almost a house of horrors for you. So, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of the last time that, like, I witnessed, a, like, a big win for the team that's <laughs> there. Uh, and I, I honestly think I have to go back to Game 7 against the Leafs um, in 2013 or something like yeah, that. That's rough. Yeah, and that's including the state championship game that I personally lost 2-1 to one yeah. there my senior year. Actually, um, now that you bring that up, not to go back, like, I, I don't mean to go back to Cam, but we're going to go back to Cam with this presser, like, talking about talking to the media after a tough loss. Like, I'm sure you didn't want to 
talk to media after the game uh, if they can't call on a U. Because I know that there's that picture of, who is it, U, Kroll? Uh, it's like U, Kroll, and I, I want to say Louis Capucci um, on the garden bench. He's oh, like yeah, in the empty the rink. Like that that's a brutal picture, but like I'm sure you didn't want to have to talk to media after that game. I know like for me, after we lost on Thanksgiving our senior year in football, like I didn't want to talk to anybody, like let alone like not even like the coaches or like my teammates, like let alone people that like are gonna be like writing down quotes and stuff. So we got that. Um I mean, for me after that game, um I wasn't interviewed by anyone, but we did have, I mean, Dugas, you know, filmed the documentary. Yeah. And he kind of asked everyone after that um, what it was like. And, I mean, I definitely know where Cam's coming from because I, I didn't really want to say anything. You don't want to talk about it. You just kind of want to keep yeah. it to yourself and, yeah. like, just think about it. Um, but, I mean, the interview is the interview. It's going to happen. So, I mean, that's, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And I can't. I I keep. I just remembered some stuff in the Super Bowl too. And I don't want to like keep going back to it. But um, what people should be blasting Cam for is not going after that fumble. Um, where yeah, that was bad. He, he was strip sacked late in the second half. Um, I want to say fourth quarter. That was the fourth. Yeah, that pretty much sealed it. Yeah, because he got strip sacked um, and they went in and scored. And like people are saying, like he was going to try and pick it up and make a play. But then realized like it was it wasn't gonna work and like sort of froze up, which is like that's probably not what like if your first instinct is that and then you freeze up that's the wrong move. Um, you probably should have just dove on the ball. Yeah, if we're being honest. And then I think today he said that like he I think what he said today to to describe like what was going on in his head was he basically like didn't want to like hurt his leg or something. He was like it, like my knee would be like contorted or something like. That's the wrong answer as well. Don't say, like... I'd rather somebody say, like, yeah, I tried to make a play and I guessed wrong on that versus I didn't want to get hurt. That's not a great look. No. Uh, I mean, if I was in this position... I mean, I've never played competitive football game in my life outside of, like, sixth grade, and I was a freaking punter, so I really can't talk about that. But, I mean, natural instinct... I think would be to go for the ball, right? Yeah. You're not going to make a play there because, I mean, you try to pick it up, you're just going to get the ball swatted away. Yeah. Like I the, think if the, he just dives on it, that's his best play. The f first thing that you're supposed to do is just keep possession. Like, it doesn't matter where in the field, like, you just want to keep possession because maybe something happens with the next play versus, like, it's, it's a different thing if you're on defense because then you want to try and scoop and score because that can shift momentum and whatever. And it's it's not as risky, but... If you're on offense, you're just supposed to just dive on it. And, like, people were comparing it to Brady, Tom Brady, Week 17 against the Dolphins, where he gets strip-sacked, and he dove right after the ball and, yeah, and he, with yeah, an outstretched arm, and Dominican Sue was, like, coming down on him. Like, I don't know. It might show something about either Newton's character or, or what, but eh, it happens. And then I also want to give a quick shout-out from that game. Jonathan Stewart's touchdown that run where he he jumped oh he got up there yeah like that was super athletic um he, he he cleared it and i mean we've all seen the clips of walter payton and stuff i think he was higher yeah but he was he, he jumped he over the up. line he, he, got he cleared up. it and like 
Can you imagine Mike Tolbert trying to do that? <laughs> that bowling ball, all 950 pounds of Mike Tolbert trying to jump that high. Yeah, Mike Tolbert, I mean, who also did not have a great game with, like, two fumbles. He had um, a tough fumble. Yeah, he's – and they, they were handing it off to him on, like, on first down, like, first and ten. Like, he's he's good for one, maybe two yards a carry. Like, wow, I don't know why they'd hand it off to him. But nothing we can do. I don't know. So we hit on Super Bowl – uh, bean pot. Um, I mean, anything else you want to hit on real quick? Uh, I mean, Milan Lucic back in town tonight. Yeah, so tonight, Kings. since it's Tuesday, Lucic back in town for the first time as a member of the LA Kings. Um, he wrote, wrote, I'm using air quotes because who knows with the Players' Tribune. Um, you can look that up on your own if you're listening, all nine of you if we've reached that. Um, but, yeah, so something to look forward to. Celtics are playing tonight, too. Um, I don't even remember if they're home or away, but they are in sole possession of the three seed in the East. And, I don't know, trade deadline coming up. Um, trade they, deadline is going to be interesting yeah. for both teams. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know much about the Celtics. I know the Bruins are looking at the possibility of trading Louis Erickson. Yeah. Um, but then again... I think it all depends on what they'll get back. Um, I would like to see them keep Erickson. It's the only thing they have left of the Sagan trade, basically, other than... <laughs> that would not be a good showing if... Yeah, no, I think they have Joe Morrow, some uh, traffic cone defenseman who's in yeah. Providence right now. Um, but other than that, you got to keep Louis Erickson. The guy's having a career year, and if that's who you really wanted to trade for, I don't think you should trade him unless you really just get blown away by someone like... Edmonton, and they give up Jordan Eberle in a first-round pick, which isn't going to happen yeah. at all for Louis Erickson. Um, I would consider that. But otherwise, I want him on the team. And then if you could move Chara, I think that would be a good play um, to maybe get a younger defenseman or, or a draft pick. But if you don't get what you want, don't just trade to make a trade. Um, Who do you I think like, this, what would Chara go for at this point? I don't know. I, I think you could probably get a second-round pick for him from a team that wants to make a push. Um, I think Chara still has got a little bit left, and for the playoffs, I think he can definitely... He's got the experience and leadership, definitely. Absolutely, uh, yeah. To maybe push his team over the edge. Um, yeah, and you want to talk about Bruins trade pieces. I know uh, Malcolm Subban, who's goalie in Providence right now, he's been tossed around as like a potential trade piece for as long as he's been with the Bruins. He, uh, he should have been traded, or he should have never been picked. He is my least favorite draft pick I, in the history yeah, of the world. You've made that abundantly <laughs> clear to me in the past, but uh, he is not getting moved anywhere because did you hear about how he f he has like a fractured larynx or something like that? I read something like that. His throat's um, all messed up. He's he's in the a, hospital still. There's always something with that guy. Yeah, so he's not moving anywhere. Um, something I, I've seen mentioned because isn't Kevin Shattenkirk going to be a free agent after next season? Um, I think so. His free yeah. agency is coming up, and I've heard rumors that he might want to play him because he's a he's a Connecticut kid. He's from New Rochelle, New York, which is like right on the Connecticut uh, border, and he played at BU. His, so. his Wikipedia says Greenwich, Connecticut. I don't know why. Yeah, but, that's that's wrong. But I mean, fairly local. Yeah, if he played at BU, I mean, maybe he wants to come back. That's something I've I've seen tossed around a little bit, but um. So yeah, so we mentioned the Celtics. I mean, that would be a huge pickup. Um, that would. 
he was what 14th pick and i think 2007 something like, something like yeah. that uh let's see what it says uh yeah 2007 okay. 14th overall yeah to colorado and then they traded him for whatever reason yeah um smart move by the avalanche yeah. but um so their de- trade deadline's coming up. Celtics trade deadline coming up as well. This is a team that um, I haven't watched too much, but like they've been on the radar because they're just flat out exciting to watch. Um, I think I've seen about a quarter of the Celtics this I mean, year. I watched. You watched them. the game against Golden State, right? You I did. I watched there. it in a dingy hotel room in New Haven, Connecticut, and then I think I watched about three seconds of the game against the Cavaliers, where. Avery Bradley? Yeah, yes. that's the game winner? Yes, thank you. I got it. Yeah. Because then yeah. they had that game, the game winner for Avery Bradley against the Cavs. And then next game, they were on. They scored like something like 76 points in the first half. So they've been on a bit of a tear. They're playing tonight, Tuesday night. Um, again, I forget where exactly, but um, sole possession of the three seed. And with the trade deadline coming up, people think that they're – They've gone from being a fun team to watch that might be an eight seed to now a team that might be one piece away from contending for the Eastern Conference, maybe the finals. Um, Planet Delusia, the Celtics. <laughs> I'm stealing that from Michael Felger. Thank you. Um, yeah, but isn't the East a complete dumpster fire again? Like, there's yeah, about yeah. one team, and then whoever wins is just going to get steamrolled by Golden State again? Yeah, pretty much, but... Yeah, I don't know. It might be fun to see the Celtics in there, even though they're gonna, they would probably lose. But yeah, tr- trade deadlines are always a fun or stressful time, depending on where you're at in the standings and whatnot. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, anything else that you want to hit on? I don't have anything right now. We're um, in the the sports hole until March. I'll talk. Uh, a little bit of revs, I guess, because they've got some stuff going on. They just kicked yeah, off preseason. Revolution. Hey, <laughs> five soccer f- five time MLS Cup losers. Um, what are, we are the Bills of the, we are uh, the, the, the MLS. Or we should say that the early to mid two thousands revs are the. Didn't Bills. they make four in a row? Yeah, four in a row, and they lost all four. And then they made it two years ago, uh, and lost that one. Um, they just kicked off preseason. They they were out in Arizona, back in Boston right now, for the Jersey launch on Thursday, which should be a good time. Probably going to be a disappointment, but I digress. And they're going back. Let me on. guess. It's going to be red and white, and there's going to be some blue in there. Well, see, yeah, they're they're debuting the home jerseys, which should be blue. Um, the road ones, the red road uh, road jerseys are actually pretty nice. So, hoping that they can satisfy again with the uh home blues but they're gonna go back out to arizona for the another preseason tournament um before kicking off the season in march but um so i know like like i'm not a big college hockey guy you're not a soccer guy at all really so no i know nothing about soccer you all you know all all you know is playing keep up before hockey games uh with a yeah yes exactly two touch sewer whatever you want to call it (laughs) um so basically for those who don't know, uh, the Revs uh, front office was teasing a signing of an international player, which it's called the designated player DP slot, and you can have three of them. 
and the revs are notorious for not using any DP so, uh, spots, whereas other teams bring in like star players to compete for titles, and we do not. So they were teasing it. It ended up being a little-known guy named... See, I don't even know if it's Xavier or Xavier, so I'm going to call him Xavier. Uh, Xavier Kwasi, who plays for Scion in Switzerland. He's from Ivory Coast. And he was a guy no one had heard of. Um, and then we started, as a fan base, to talk ourselves into it. And then yesterday news came out that he had torn his ACL and MCL and was going to be out for six months. So basically, he wasn't supposed to join the revs until like beginning mid-July and now you can add on two three months depending on how recovery goes for him so he's basically we basically signed someone for 2017 so the revs front office doing it big once again um yeah should be another mediocre year for for them tailgate season should be good though I'm looking forward to that um yeah do we got anything else? Uh, I got nothing right now. Uh, what do we got? Two weeks until spring training? That yeah, I pictures and textures give... report in like nine, officially report in like nine days. I think I saw... Spring like, training, the most overrated thing ever. Watch your um, mouth. It's what gets me through the the endless winter. Because um, I love how the Red Sox will post videos because I can just watch them instead of looking outside and seeing cold and bleak. Um... Yeah, pictures and catchers report in a couple days. I think like a bunch of guys are already down there in Fort Myers. Um, yeah, we're like you said, we're we're sort of in like the sports black hole right now, where there's not going to be much going on besides hockey and basketball and maybe some minor baseball stuff. But um, yeah, so I think we'll try and do this. We're going to try and get this podcast every single week. Um, for now, I guess we're just going to be talking mostly Bruins, maybe Celtics. And I mean, if anything else comes out, like, uh, you know, like I said, episode one, maybe Peyton Manning did do HGH and his Super Bowl is wiped out. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that comes out and that happens. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that. Any other big stories, uh, roster transactions, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Um, episode two, I guess, in the books. Any last words, Matt? Uh, I got nothing, really. Um, going to go try to stay warm and uh, hop on the lovely orange line to go to hockey practice. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Boston Transit is... Boston Transit with a hockey bag is probably the worst as it gets. Yeah, it's not going to be bad as... Actually, here's something. Um, the Mentioning Boston Transit and how, how awful that is... Brazil, have you seen the stuff with the Zika virus and how? Uh, no, I haven't. There's like a new virus for mosquitoes that can also be like transmitted through like contact or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's it's it might be keeping like I know Hope Solo already said that if she had to decide right now, she wouldn't be going to the Olympics. Another player from the women's soccer team said they wouldn't be going. Um, they remained unnamed, but if they don't get if Brazil doesn't do something, we might see like top athletes just not go to the Olympics this year. So <laughs> I don't. I mean, that would suck. I love the Olympics. We, we mentioned uh, episode one about like their water situation. Like we might see we might see swimmers with like radiation 
poisoning or something after after the games, but I mean, it's getting a lot more real now with people being like, I'm just not going to go. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Um, that's still a few ways out. Yeah. But months. I guess Boston Transit has an edge over Brazil right now. So. Oh, barely. It took me an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> to get seven miles on the green line the other day. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess that would wrap up episode two. Um, catch you next week. I take my drugs and doses. Making up the bitches in my hotel suite, we be going on the mileage. Holding on the father, why you looking at me? Shout out, recognizing on the owner, on the only one is bottle. Only one is bottle. Only one is going out of the country, gotta keep a translator for the model. Only one I'm on the rebel, fly shit, only keep a fly shit on me, keep a fly bitch on me. Fly shit on me, 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 fly shit on my trainers not matching my jacket. I'm scrubbing that ratchet. I'm scrubbing that baby in that eight. I'm don't have to be don't have to medical. Maybe one day I'ma get out to drink. And maybe one day we can fuck in the bank. I made me a portrait of two in the corner. I go to Morocco and lay in some far. Then I go back to Unix and find me that one I can fuck on and touch on and turn up and turn off. We don't watch TV, we count for the team. Four and a half is right under my beanie. I made me some steps and I put on. Put so her in a cabin, I jump in a game. You gon' need y'all to take when I step on the scene. When you send me an invite, I come with a midnight. She wrapped up a plastic, got coke in the mattress. All of this shit is about living lavish. Your mind in the cars and your bitches the carrots. He rallied for styles, I'ma give you a style. You can take in your style, they gon' make you a pile. I be waking up the bitches in my hotel suite. We be going on the molly. Hauling on the father, why you looking at me? Shout out, recognizing on the only, only, only one that's bottle. Only one that's bottle. Only one that's going out of the country, gotta keep a translator for. The only one I'm on the rapid fly shit, only keep the fly shit, only keep the fly bitch on me. Fly shit on me, 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 fly shit on me. Light skin, bone, the same color, macaroni, put a hair in the pony, hit another light tone. I know your hoes been on it, now I'm back on my lonely, and I'm back, and you want it, and I'm back, and I want it. Made a feel like Sony for the fake and the phone, I got some cake and the money, I rock a deal, and my job I be staying at the telly, eating sandwich out the deli, and my life is like belly, young future sincerely. I be waking up the bitches in my hotel suite, we be going on the mileage, hauling on the father, why you looking at me, shout out, recognizing I'm the only, only, only one that's bothered, only one that's bothered, only one that's going out of the country, gotta keep a translator for the model, only one I'm on the rap and flash it on the keep flash it on the keep fly bitch on me flash it 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 on me